Today's devotion comes from Luke chapter 8, uh, verses 40 through 56. On the other side of the lake, the crowds welcomed Jesus because they had been waiting for him. Then a man named Jairus, a leader of the local synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come home with him. His only daughter, who was about 12 years old, was dying. As Jesus went with him, he was surrounded by the crowds. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and she, she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. Everyone denied it, and Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, Someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking to her, a messenger arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. He told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But when Jesus heard what had happened, he said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just have faith, and she will be healed. When they arrived at the house, Jesus wouldn't let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, James, and the little girl's father and mother. The house was filled with people weeping and wailing. But he said, stop the weeping. She isn't dead. She's only asleep. But the crowd laughed at him because they all knew she had died. Then Jesus took her by the hand and said in a loud voice, my child, get up. And at that moment, her life returned and she immediately stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were overwhelmed, but Jesus insisted that they not tell anyone what had happened. This reading for today begins by introducing us to two competing needs from Jesus at the same time. We often have a mathematical view that one of these two stories will end in disappointment. Isn't that the way life is, after all? But Jesus brings healing, salvation, and new life with his power and his word for those who believe. And God's grace cannot be limited or parceled out. Jesus' return from the other side of the lake, the region of the Gerasenes, is again greeted by the crowds seeking healing from illnesses and demons. Jairus, a ruler of the local synagogue, is among them. He pleads with Jesus to come to his house where, where his 12-year-old daughter is dying. Meanwhile, as the crowds press on Jesus, a woman who has had a flow of blood for 12 years reaches out to touch him. This illness made this woman unclean before God. She makes everyone and everything she touches unclean. It is not so much the flow of blood that disturbs her, but the shame and the isolation that she lives with. 
she does something very precariously as if hanging by a thread. She touches the edge of Jesus's garment, most likely the edge, the fringes of his prayer shawl. She does this because she believes that he is the Messiah. If she did not believe this, she would have never touched him to make him unclean because if he wasn't the Messiah and she touches him, that is what results from it. He becomes unclean. The prophetic Malachi, the prophet Malachi, uh, prophesies, proclaims about the Messiah. He refers to the Messiah here with the term son of righteousness in Malachi chapter 4, verse 2. But for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness, this is God speaking, for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness, will rise with healing in his wings, and you will go free, leaping with joy like calves let out to pasture. The interesting thing about this reference is that the Hebrew word for wings is also used in reference to the bottom edges of the prayer shawl which was a part of the outer garment that Jesus would have worn. She is not just touching Jesus for healing, but she is proclaiming to those around her, those who are gathered, that this is the Messiah, because as she touches the fringes of the prayer shawl, there is healing there. There is healing in his wings. And the power goes out from Jesus to her. Could this power be the Holy Spirit? This woman has found God's protection and healing in his wings. This woman's faith in the Messiah has healed her, has saved her. Meanwhile, the death of Jairus' daughter now brings, us, um, brings into question the limits of Jesus' authority and power. There are limits, after all, aren't there, even for the Messiah? A messenger from Jairus' home meets them with the message, there's no use troubling the teacher any longer. Your daughter is dead. But, Je but Jesus responds, do not fear, only believe. Your daughter will be healed. Your daughter will be saved. Do not fear, only believe. Do not fear, only believe. The mourners are all weeping and wailing. Again, Jesus does something remarkable. He touches a deceased body, certain that he will not become unclean. After all, he is the Messiah. Like the unclean woman, he doesn't become clean, unclean. He makes them clean. Jesus takes her hand and he says, My child, get up and her spirit returned, her life returned. Jesus is worthy of faith and obedience for he reveals his authority and his power through his words and his actions. God gave Jesus his authority to represent God as the Messiah. Jesus demonstrates this with humility, even as he is laughed at and mocked for being too late to Jairus' house. Because of this authority, this God-given authority, Jesus acts with power. 
I think that this woman believed that God had given Jesus the authority to believe to, to be the Messiah. Therefore, she reaches out to touch him for healing. The Messiah, she believed, has the power to heal, has the power even to save. So what do you think about authority and power? Do you believe that God has given you any authority? Do you think God has given you any power through Christ Jesus? If not, if you don't believe you have any authority and power, why do you believe that? And if you do believe that you have been given, through your baptism, authority and power, how do you plan to humbly use it? May God bless your reflection upon this devotion. May God bless your day.